Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the Silver King's letters, dearest ones, that he wrote from Europe in June of 1945. Things are about the same. He's anxious for the mail and wondering what's next. As he writes to his family from A72, north of Paris, on June 12, 1945. Dearest ones, and still no mail. Needless to tell the effects of it, the truth of the matter has finally been voiced. It seems when we moved to Germany, our post office in this area was closed. Consequently, our return had the mailman slightly confused. Though they have seen the light at last, it will take several days to sort the mail and have it delivered here. With this in mind, we have been promised to have it tomorrow or the next day. Of course, this promise may only be to quell our complaints. The point has been reached where you can't believe anything you're told. Nevertheless, my hopes are up. There should have been enough mail accumulated to keep me busy for several days, and I can't think of a better way to pass the time than reading your letters. The situation here hasn't changed a bit. I'm regretful to say. In fact, only the weather changes, and even that is for the worse. All night it rained, making today muddy, cool, and miserable. I've never seen such unsettled weather for this time of year. Well, the rumors are still flying high, wide, and handsome. I picked up one yesterday that sounds good enough to pass on to you. It is. Within three months, the entire group will return to the States intact for redeployment. That means the group will be dissolved and the men reassigned. It's exactly what I want and hope to happen. Being released from the group will give me a chance to re-enter pilot training. As I understand, only the men back from combat are being admitted. Thus, my chances are excellent and I'm sure I could make it with a second chance. Besides, it has another advantage, which I'm sure you can see. So that's the latest rumor. The time has been cut in half. Anyhow, now, if it were only true, everything would be swell. The air review I was in Sunday went off pretty good. We flew over Frankfurt, and only yesterday, from the paper, did I learn who the show was for. I'm sure you must have read about it. Zukov and Ike had a big meeting there, and we paraded for the Russian general. It must have been an impressive sight with so many planes flying in formation. Since our group led the entire division over, I didn't get to see any of the formation. I was navigating the second box, and I almost became group leader. That would have been something. They would probably still be looking for us if I had become leader. It seemed funny going over Frankfurt without catching any flack. The last time I was over there, the flack was intense and accurate. 
the most I had seen, and we were caught by fighters besides. Yes, it was a funny sensation. Night before last, we went into Amin's to get away for a while. We only stayed a short while because there isn't anything there, and they roll in the sidewalks at 11. While there, though, I saw an exhibition of the kind which I never saw before and doubt seriously if I ever will again. I wish I could describe it to you, but it's absolutely not being done. So maybe when I get home, if you get me real drunk, perhaps I'll tell you. It's something I should surely never forget. There isn't any more news for now. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. As Stanley writes to his family about the latest events, it's interesting to listen as he describes his interest in returning to the States and having a chance to enter pilot training again because it had been very recently that he had been so angry about being in the army that he could never consider anything like that again. But he's been working again. They flew an air review. He seems a little bit more optimistic. And he writes to his family from A-72 on June fifteenth, 1945. Dearest ones, it's nice to once again begin a letter by thanking you for your sweet letters. Yes, after many fruitless days, the mail has come to life. Last night, gratefully, I received your letters of June 1 and 2. And today, there was one from Leona. Thank God you're all well. That is the first word since your letter of May 2-6. Thus, you can well imagine my anxiety. Lord only knows what happened to the mail between the dates. Perhaps it will show up soon. I hope so. Just as long as something continues to come in, I shouldn't complain. I'm sorry to learn of the death of Duddy's mother. I hope you'll extend my condolences. I imagined as much the friction between you and Doty since you never mentioned her. It's a shame it has to be that way, but I suppose you have your reasons. I had to smile when reading Leona's letter. She says Margie still has no hair, and she isn't as pretty as Richie. Sounds as though she might be a little partial. I only wish I could see them and decide for myself. She's promised pictures, but as you say, the weather won't permit. It seems as though Lee is stuck in 1A. It might not necessarily mean he will be called. At least I hope not. Today is your anniversary. All day I've thought about you, wishing you happiness in my humble way and regretting my absence more than I can say. I can't send you a wire, flowers, or anything which I'd like to do. But, dearest ones, you must know my thoughts are there. And though you can't see me, it's just as if I were there kissing you, Mother dear, and shaking your hand, Dad. 
Console yourselves in the fact that it won't always be this way with your family separated. Someday soon we'll all be together again. I do hope this was a beautiful day for you. Please write how you celebrated and whether or not you got drunk. You know, during one of my many daydreams, I had a terrific idea. Since I'll be home sometime, we might as well make plans in advance. I was thinking how swell it would be if, when I got my leave, you, Leona Lee, and I could go to New Orleans for a few days. I've never been there, but I know the five of us would have a wonderful time. It sounds mighty good to me. What do you think? I know how it may be a long time from now, but it's fun making plans. Do you think maybe it could be done? There isn't any news from here. The situation hasn't changed. I've finished reading Forever Amber, and that's all I've been doing. Yes, you may continue sending packages, if you would. I would like some dill pickles, crab meat, and lobster meat. Also, I hope you found me the cap, the Bancroft Flighter, size 7. Take care of yourselves and keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley's descriptive daydreams have him thinking about being home, going on vacation with his family. He's never been to New Orleans. And, of course, he remains focused on food, particularly dill pickles. The pickles have been a theme throughout his war, and they're definitely something that I inherited uh, in my genetic code. I'm a pickle man, too. The Silver King continues his dearest ones when he writes from a visit to San Quentin, France, on June 18, 1945. Dearest ones, I had intended to write you yesterday since it was Father's Day. Nonetheless, Dad, please know that you were in my thoughts. I do hope it was a swell day for you. Though I wasn't there to buy you the usual tie, I'm sure I will have the opportunity to make up for it someday soon. Finally, all of your old mail and two packages have arrived. The mail has been straightened out at last. It was good receiving so many letters at once, and the packages are swell. Thanks a million. I also have a letter from Aunt Sylvia. She has been awfully sweet about writing, and I'm ashamed of myself for not writing her more often. There just isn't anything to write. I didn't write yesterday because I was too tired. It was the first pretty day we've had, and I played ball all afternoon. It wore me out after being idle for so long. Today was really hot, more like summer than the fall weather we've been having. A big training program started today. We had classes in the morning and flew this afternoon. It's just like what I went through in the States and an awful pain. I guess it's better than being idle all day, but as yet I'm not convinced. We had an inspection Saturday morning, the first one to be had overseas. We're supposed to be on peacetime standards. 
How I wish I could get out of here. Unfortunately, there have been no new rumors, though I'm afraid it's going to be a long winter. No other news. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. P.S. Please send some pickles, shrimp, and crab meat. As our hero, the Silver King, celebrates his family through their anniversary and, of course, Father's Day, he's also reminding them of his leading status as the pickle man in the unit. When I read Stanley's letters about his connection to family, and particularly when he talks with his father and celebrates Father's Day, it's also part of my lore to remember Father's Day with our hero, the Silver King. Stanley was a remarkable man, and he was a wonderful father. He loved me and my sister Cindy and expressed it in so many ways. It's great to be able to think about those today as I share his language and letters with you. He was a gifted writer, and I hope I've been able to convey that. As we finish the second part of the Silver King's Letters, Dearest Ones, from Europe in June of 1945. And you are listening to the Silver King's War. <laughs> 